Welcome back to The Gooch, episode 21, I believe. Yeah, we're continuing our uh, Edmonton mayoral uh, candidacy conversations here. And Absolutely. Today we're, uh, I have uh, Diana Steele here. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we've uh, we uh, reached out to a few uh, political candidates here in Edmonton, and you know I, I always like it when there's a phone number and <laughs> you call that number and you get that person. Yeah, that's nice. You know, like it, it just it makes me happy inside. And uh, you know, so far only I think two candidates, uh, you and Brian, uh, answered your own phone. Everyone else either doesn't have a phone number or just flat out, uh, you know, you get. Oh, I'm 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 just one of the interns, you yeah. know, and you know there's a disconnect there. I think that uh, I'd like to discuss that a little bit with you, but I just kind of want to have you introduce yourself, say why you're planning on this uh, mayoral move, and uh, what kind of got you into politics. Like what uh, what was the what was the move? Well, I've been involved with my community for just over six years now. Very passionate about that. Had no desire to go into politics. Okay. Um, but I like helping people. And the more I see Alberta politics and where they're going, the mm-hmm. more I see a different type of politician is needed. Now, I wouldn't call myself a politician at all. I am um, a firm believer of servant leadership. So I am here for the people. As you mentioned, I put my phone number out on the internet all the time. I answer every call and have for years. Um, I get calls in the middle of the night from people who want to help. And if I become the mayor, that won't change. You can still phone me anytime. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm... I'm extremely passionate about helping people, and I'm dedicated to Edmonton, so why would mm. I change that? Well, and that's what jumped off the page when I was reading about your background and your bio from your, your website there, just the amount of dedication you have towards the community. You've done, you've been involved in a lot of charities, mm-hmm. um, and you've even been, on the, on the other side of things, you taught courses at NorQuest, mm-hmm. so you've, been, you've kind of dipped your toe in everything. It's very clear, I think, that giving back is there. Um, but what, what kind of sparked the 2021 in your mind is like, uh, this is, this is the time I've got to jump in. I had a plan with another counselor who was going to run for mayor and, uh, he was running because we are concerned about our system becoming partisan. Um, we were aware that the UCP is planting candidates in this election. So he was going to run for mayor and I was going to run behind and fill his seat Mm -hmm. (laughs) and become a counselor. And my 10 year plan was I was going to be a counselor if all went according to plan for eight years. And then I was going to turn around and run for mayor. And that way I would be able to establish myself and show Edmonton what I can do uh, on a larger scale. But he pulled out. He changed his mind. And I panicked because I thought, well, you're a good guy who wants to do good things. And if not you, then who? And I am the kind of person I won't stand around and complain about something. I have the ability to be the mayor. Now, I haven't been a counselor. That's true. But I've been a community servant for six years. I do a lot of the same things that a counselor does. It's not a hard job. That's not to be insulting to those who do it, but it's easy to learn. And uh, is being the mayor a challenge? Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff you have to learn there that I'm not familiar with. Um, But I think if you go in with a great leadership foundation and the right frame of mind, I think you can do anything. You know, I got to commend that approach too, because very rarely do you hear from anyone in political office that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to need to learn. 
you know, that's like, also we, what I like about, yeah, like we've had honest conversations with yeah. yourself and Brian Gregg as well that where, where there was, I think you guys are also two people who I wouldn't say not politi- politicians because you are running and you're not stereotypical politicians, I mm-hmm. think would be a great way of saying it. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the things is that you guys use your breadth of knowledge and experience in other industries and bring it in. I'd be curious, what what do you think would be the biggest learning curve going in there? Oh, there's a few. Um, I'm hearing about a lot of <laughs> shady stuff in the background that I'm not, oh, fair you know, I don't know how I'm going to handle that because I'm pretty... Uh, I walk a straight line. Yes. So for me, that's difficult. Um, and learning maybe the business side of things. I mean, I have a bit of a business background, but I'm not as in with these developers as a lot of these other, you know, mayoral candidates might be that kind of thing. But again, I mean, I'll I'll walk into a room and learn anything I need to do. Well, I put that as a check in your favor that you're not, you know, in the back pocket of all the developers and whatnot. I mean, we, I've only lived here for uh, about two years now and I can see how, how road repair and development is done. (laughs) And it doesn't seem like it's in favor of the people. So I, uh, I would say that I think that it's actually probably a good thing that you're not mm-hmm. you're not too connected with those people. I think that that's I think that's one of the more refreshing things to hear. Also, I think the fact that there's a female candidate, there's a Métis candidate, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's something that is also kind of under the radar because I think those are things that could be championed pretty pretty loudly right now, especially in a province where you know, the people writing our, our educational reform mm-hmm. have denied the existence and the traumas from the residential schools have taken most of their information out of uh, Virginia and other American history texts. So I think it's really just refreshing to to have someone like yourself even considering, because I know as someone who has political aspirations, but and and obviously at least thinks he has a lot to say <laughs> i i've never actually thrown my hat in and i'm sure there's still plenty of years ahead to do the so but i admire the fact that you didn't you didn't take that that your your running mate dropping out as like a indication of something that you should do like you weren't ready kind of thing you were like nope this needs to happen let's keep going and i guess on that note what what's the the fire that lights you i know you want to help people but <clears throat> do you have like a specific thing that that really got you going you know like oh, i really like this is my core this is what i want to do well if you're referring to the election and throwing my name in the hat it's fighting back against the ucp okay um but if you're talking about just my inherent qualities in addition to helping people it's just righting wrongs yeah like that is for sure why i'm here yeah well uh, just a question on that i mean the ucp has been a very interesting political party (laughs) uh you know i i I gotta say like when when this all started um when they got in i think i would have considered myself a little more on their side but just with the choices they've made like with the teachers and the nurses and just the plethora of bad decisions (laughs) i think they've kind of uh propagated um you know what what kind of what kind of issues do you personally see with how they're governing the province and what would you do uh to maybe stem some of those issues what are those issues i guess would be a good place to start i see politicians who are in it for themselves mm-hmm. and they're not here for the people so these are decisions that jason is making because jason wants to go on and be the prime minister of canada mm. or whatever his goals are so he is not making decisions 
for Albertans. Yeah. He is making decisions for him. Yeah. So how do you right those wrongs? Well, you show a different kind of leadership. You mm-hmm. show a leader who is here for the people yeah. and not for themselves. I have no political aspirations beyond being the mayor. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I, if someone came to me halfway through my term and said, we want to make you the prime minister of Canada, I'd say, sorry, I have a commitment to Edmonton. I would never walk away from our city. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it is just showing a different way. And then if Edmonton falls in love with that kind of leader, then other leaders have to do that as well to yeah. be loved by their no, people. No, I understand that. And it's, it's a noble approach. I mean, obviously, there's an official opposition to uh, the UPC, and that would probably be the NDP, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they, they obviously have their way they want to do things, and same with the UCP. I mean, I, I guess to kind of ask the question uh, in a different way, I mean, <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what specifically has upset you about what he's done? Well, um, I mean, where do you even begin? You're right. Like the teachers mm-hmm. uh, upsetting, you know, every single Albertan. He is changing things without consulting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's passing laws and policy that is not being run by Albertans at all. We're losing our parks. I mean, where do you even begin? Yeah. So I think you have an issue with just how he's arbitrarily more being authoritarian with his power absolutely okay very Um, opposite of like that servant leadership uh, approach for sure right where Mm -hmm. your job is basically like and i and i've always said this is that i even hate the fact that we call them leaders because they're not leaders they're political representatives Mm -hmm. their job is to represent people who who not just those who elected them those who engaged in the electoral Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm. right and so that's that's the biggest thing is that I, and I think that unfortunately, far too many people can uh, that that are not familiar will then just try to walk that line in the middle as though there's some middle to be get had, as opposed to, I mean, the way that Jason's going about it is just steamrolling people, shoving mm-hmm. things through without even discussing it. Mm-hmm. But there's the other side where you could do absolutely nothing. So it would be nice. Uh, I think. I don't think that you're on that side either. I think mm-hmm. that there's definitely going to be positive actions that you want to take. And I know that you have kind of a list of things in there, including sparking small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, working with homelessness, um, I think and, and things property of, tax. Yeah, mm-hmm. property you tax to assess stuff. as well. And you know, you, you kind of question that uh, just the legality of property tax. And I know you yep. had a good question about that. Well, for for which aspect were you talking about? Well, like how like for, you, I think you mentioned <clears throat> you need a pretty supreme understanding of property tax law and i remember when oh to impact taxes yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's one of those things that's an incredibly convoluted system right like all all tax systems are but i'm more just curious because like i i like the way that you put it is that you want to review it basically you're saying like it seems fishy but i don't know yeah and and i think that that's fair right (laughs) like and there's thousands of pages in there that'll probably smell like fish so (laughs) i don't i don't think that you're far off but it's more just i i I think it's so messy that it would take teams of lawyers that you would mm-hmm. assi- also have to trust, which is a very hard thing to do with lawyers, yes. <laughs> and, and in order to go through them properly and yeah. then also trust their advice on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part, too, is that a lot of those things are really, really sticky. So I was actually more curious in terms of um, the tax benefits that you were talking about towards businesses first and foremost, because mm-hmm. I know in the last year and a half, two years, they've had a tremendous amount of financial support mm-hmm. from both federally and provincially. I'm just curious, what what were you looking to do differently in that realm? Well, making sure we're competitive. So we're attracting people here. That's my main thing. Like, are we 
making sure that our uh, city is attracting the right kind of talent and new talent and young talent and people with you know crazy ideas mm -hmm. i like the idea of the gondola i know that wasn't a a huge favorite with some edmontonians but um yeah just making sure we're competitive yeah. so that people want to come and live in, in, in our city I mean, yeah a question to that you yes. know obviously there's these big corporations uh, i think just the one off the top of my head amazon mm -hmm. you know that uh you know when they're picking a city to work in uh they get very draconian and i think they're building one of these massive fulfillment centers just outside of the Edmonton airport. Yeah. You know, is that the kind of business you're talking about? Like, I'm, ta I'm talking about everything, okay. all of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so to you, there's no like positive good business or negative bad business? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think everything has a place. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so like uh, just, just out of curiosity then, I mean, obviously... Uh, I think you can see like a lot of small business now is getting replaced with just the ruthless efficiency of places like Amazon and yep. this whole online market. I mean, would it, would it be a good thing in your opinion to maybe stem those a little bit to allow other small businesses to propagate? Or are you saying this is just like Wild West, welcome to Edmonton? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm okay with either one. I just, it's, yeah. it's good to get these questions answered. Well, you know? what I have noticed is there is a market for the small business, like mm -hmm. the mom and pop shops, mm -hmm. right? There are Edmontonians who are devoted to spending their money only in those places. And I mean, would I like to promote that out more? Absolutely. Because those people live and breathe in our city and mm -hmm. I, I want them to be successful um but there is a place for amazon we can't fight that beast yeah you know that that is a a business that is thriving and doing quite well and yeah. we we are not going to take that down so i think mm -hmm. by shutting um our doors to certain industries or businesses because they're big uh would be um it wouldn't be a very good idea yeah, you know, I, I think it would just be more of a protectorate thing. You know, I, I, I'm all for small business. And, you know, as a guy trying to compete against, you know, big companies like that, that, you know, go out and undercut their competition. And, you know, they're kind of breaking the rules of capitalism, mm -hmm. you know, like loss leaders, yes. uh, you know, the ability to purchase uh, everything they're selling at a lower mm -hmm. price because of the, you know, the bulk the buying mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just, it just kind of, it, it kind of raises the question. I mean, Tristan works in a, uh, um, in a brick and mortar kind of, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. store. And these stores, I think, just as that big business has kind of progressed, have lost countless jobs, yeah. I think, more than the pandemic's cost. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd argue that the shift in wealth as well between, you know, maybe a general manager of a store and a temp worker at one of these Amazon places, you know, you've got a huge drain in economics there, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the, my big question is, if you're allowing these big businesses to come in, are you taxing them appropriately or is part of that incentive going to be uh, less taxes for these big businesses no, on top of that? No, would, that would not. No. Okay. Yeah, okay. Absolutely not. So what would be kind of the way you'd want to entice them in? Because obviously when you're dealing with these big businesses, that's how you get them. Mm -hmm. You say, oh, well, you can come to our city and you're not going to pay property tax for five years. And hmm. we're going to give you this and this <laughs> and this. And it, it gets rather, you know, what's the point, you know? Well, a good question. I mm -hmm. mean... Hopefully they come here because they want to be in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, other than going there and meeting with these businesses and telling them all the great things about our city and mm -hmm. the people who live here, um, I wouldn't want to be enticing them with anything that I can't offer anyone else. Fair. That's yeah. fair. So, I like that. 
Yeah, I think that, that, that's I th- important. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the interesting things is both Evan and I have gotten into kind of a, a habit of being more idealistic because mm-hmm. we, prior to to going on this candidacy uh, conversations as a part of our our podcast. We had always been just discussing together. So putting things into motion has always been the on the back burner. It's yeah. always been the hypothetical, the ideals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, it's really interesting to to hear that perspective of it, because I do understand and I totally appreciate the fact that uh, I, if if Edmonton were to successfully defeat Amazon, that would be global news uh, around the world yeah, forever. Yeah, for sure, yeah. it would just that's a that's a beast that you just can't tame, or well, at least this I, I, there's, small. There's, there's there's checks and balances you can put in place. Totally, though. and I guess that's I mean, the flip side of it, right? Yeah. Is like, is there something or some things that you can do uh, if we're admitting that these guys are an inevitability, which means that a lot of brick and mortar places are going to continue to suffer? <laughs> is there um, because one of the things that you did do for small or you did write about for small businesses was tax incentives. Mm-hmm. If we're providing small businesses with tax incentives, knowingly, uh, while also knowingly placing their competition in a position to take them over, are we not just kind of throwing money on the fire mm-hmm. because we're going to have a litany of employees that just are, are, are not being protected to the same degree they were by those mom and pop shops. I would argue also a lot of those mom and pop shops have gotten pretty uh, uh, tapped out of their empathy in the last two years, Mm -hmm. and they're not willing to go that extra mile either. So it seems like we're almost at a weird standstill from an employee standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of curious, from the people's standpoint as opposed to the business, is there anything that, that you would like to see change or put in place to benefit the workers? Because... I don't know that I have the answer to that right now, but what I can tell you is I am the kind of leader who is compassionate to that situation um, and who would, you know, work as a, I would be tireless in trying to find the solution that keeps everyone surviving and thriving. Yeah. I I definitely think that that would be the case. I'm I'm more concerned that there would be a lot of people in your ear and... Oh, because you're you don't empathetic. Have to worry about that. No, no. Be, but because there's a high level of empathy, it would be. More... I have a really good bullshit detector. Oh, team, I'm, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I mean, you have to work alongside. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you do. It's. Um, I just think that there are some people who are very good at vo- avoiding detection. That's mm-hmm. that's basically my my background educationally is is those types of people that can hide their ability to spew bullshit Mm -hmm. and they can be quite dangerous in the sense that they can come across sounding like they're pro this pro that Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why we like to read out people's platforms and actually go okay well how would we define that Mm -hmm. right because you'll read something like oh i want to make the downtown core more vibrant that's Mm -hmm. uh and i'm going to continue to use his name because i know he was afraid to come on but oshri wanted to make that and all that sounds like to me is i want to give handouts to my billionaire friends downtown Mm -hmm. by removing uh, any kind of tax burdens that large businesses have Mm -hmm. yeah right and that's that's the opposite of what we would want and i when i'm reading yours i say i don't i'm not going to say i see flowery language but i see some potentially not not 100 percent sure what direction yeah and and that's fair yeah Mm -hmm. so i I think that as a mother, as someone who's been in education, I think that there's obviously there's a lot of things that would touch uh, touch close to home for you. But one of the things that's hit me in the last little bit in terms of wanting to keep people in Edmonton, Mm -hmm. wanting to keep families here in Edmonton 
um, is the UCP's fight against the federal government's ten dollar a day daycare, mm-hmm. childcare. Yeah, and because I've I've had a child in the last year and a half now, mm-hmm. and that's that's huge. That 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 in it in and of itself, if if nothing else was different, that right there, that decision w- is enough for me to move back to BC. Yeah, right, because yeah. that, that's thousands of dollars a year I, for me. I agree. So I I'm not sure that there's anything an Edmonton councilor can do, but but. Uh, I'm just curious in terms of the a way to to be vocal against the UCP. I guess what I'm trying to see is how do you parse that that thing? Like the UCP is is friends with the Amazon types. Mm-hmm. So if we're also going to be buddy buddy with them, if your approach was to maybe not buddy buddy, but to acknowledge the the fact that you have to work with them, are we actually taking a direct shot at the UCP and if so, how do you see that actually working out? Because I'm just I'm curious because I see like this. It's, it, I see Amazon and the UCP is almost two two different versions of the same thing. You have the political beast that's very hard to beat, and you have the business beast that's very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of curious how do you how do we slay any of those dragons? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. It might be too loaded. I'm that's sure. I'm that's sorry. A, that's a big question. I don't even know where wow. to start. Like, welcome to the show. I, yeah, sorry. I know. I, I, I didn't mean to overwhelm. I, I, I did I not bring my just, sword today. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just. I guess I'm overwhelmed in thinking about it, and I like what you're I saying. I am too now. Wow. Yeah. I'm now. I'm rethinking everything. All of my life choices. Oh, I'm, I hope that's not the case. But, uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I see them as, as really large and difficult to overcome. And I, I think what you're trying to ask me is how easily manipulated will I be? Yeah, kind, kind <laughs> of. And, and also like how when you, vocally when you know, aggressive when you know will you be if you know you're being manipulated? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, what do you, yeah. So yeah. first of all, I'm not easily manipulated. Yeah. Second of all, I am very aggressive if I know yeah. I am being manipulated. I would go toe-to-toe with Jason Kenney any day oh, and have no problem with that at all. Respectfully, of course. Of course. But I can't say he would do the same, but I, I nope. definitely <laughs> oh, It's $30 million war room. He'll find a way, but, right? <laughs> we all paid for it. The good news is it's not Edmonton versus the UCP. It's most of Alberta. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, most mayors are upset with him. Any leader in our province is a, a little bit frustrated with... Um, the UCP right now. Mm-hmm, so it's yeah. not just me. I mean, I'm going to band together with whoever creates a little group, right? Yeah, that's fair. And then I guess specifically with policies, because he's had a lot of uh, opinions on specific policies, <laughs> namely in the last in the last two years, my goodness, we could go through all of them. <laughs> but, but, but I think the ones that have really jumped out at us in the conversations yeah. we've had, especially since like at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the most notable th- events was the unfortunate killing of George Floyd. And mm-hmm. that, that br- brought the discussion into police budgets. And even just the marketing around that under the current mayor last year, um, when they announced that they were going to reduce the police budget by $10 million is what they published in the Edmonton <laughs> Journal. That was complete bullshit. Yep. Because they what they did was they reduced their increase to their budget yes. by $10 million. They didn't in- reduce anything. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm curious. Um, you have a point, I think it's point number six <clears throat> on your platform, that it, you want to 
continue to foster a positive relationship with those on the front line. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's kind of vague. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious, <laughs> what would be your opinion in terms of police budget, uh, mental health awareness? I know homelessness was on there. Mm-hmm. I know you work also in a hospice. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you, you are on the front lines mm-hmm. yourself. So yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what your opinions are in terms of uh, funding their budget, budget related questions with policing. Yeah, well, there's a number of answers here. First of all, I think that social services is underfunded significantly. So that needs to change. Um, We can see the reasons that our city is suffering so much is from mental health concerns. So that needs to be a major focus. Mm -hmm. If we can get that under control, then a lot of the other things kind of solve themselves, sort themselves out. To question about the homelessness. Yes. um, You know, uh, you mentioned that a lot of that ties to mental illness. Uh, you know, the other part of that's addiction. I mean, we're not going to solve this in a, you know, hour, two hour long podcast, but what what's kind of the investments that you'd want to make to maybe, uh, you know, stop some of these issues from you know, continuing or, you know, just stop them altogether? They need a place to live and then they need full-time community support. Where? Yeah. In Edmonton. Where? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to pull out a map? I don't well, know. No, no, no. Like, it's just like, where are they going to work? Where are they going to stay? Like, how, Well, the how private you... industry has to step up mm-hmm. and we need them to start, you know, taking some lead with helping us but that's not employ some of these people. No, it is not. But there are a lot of companies here who have mandates to do better things with their companies mm-hmm. and i do expect them to step up and help I like we can't that. i don't want anyone to do the whole this is not my problem it is your problem no, i completely we, agree. we live in yeah. this city together we are one giant family of a million people and uh everyone has a role to play here mm-hmm. so if I, you own a company i'm going to come knocking on your door and say i want you to help this gentleman and here's his story mm-hmm. and it will likely be me going to those companies and asking as well i'm not sending representatives it's my vision it's something mm-hmm. that i want to see through no. and i will ask for help okay so like you're going to be dealing with more of the milton freeman kind of approach to capitalism uh where it's profit over everything you know and going into these offices and asking for help when there's literally no roi like how do you how do you how do you think about bridging that gap I mean, I don't think that way. I just know pragmatically those are the types of people we're all, you're going to be dealing with. We're right? also, for context, we're both sales backgrounds. Yes. So, like, that's probably why we're, we're looking at sales yeah. pitches without an ROI. Oh, yeah, for sure. you know, and, like, and, and there will be some companies that I cannot penetrate. Like, yeah. I just, I know that. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I have faith in Edmonton. I okay. Do. Yeah, no, I, I, I imagine there would be some business that would want to help out. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the question, you know, remains, why aren't they helping out now? No you one's know, ever like, asked them to. Fair. I bet mm-hmm. no one has ever gone to their door and said, here's the story of this gentleman who needs a job and mm-hmm. he needs m- mentoring and he needs community support. And are you willing to do it? I yeah. bet no one has ever asked them that question. Are you going to offer them like tax incentives for helping out? Or are you no, it's on just being, a, it's just, just doing being, the right thing. Doing right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and then we see, but then when, but then when we start to see Edmonton turn around, yeah. And you see, there's your return on investment oh, right I, there. I, I totally understand that aspect, yeah. right? Like, I think that one of the things that, like, I, I, I kind of flippantly joked about o- Oshri's point of making the downtown core more vibrant, but that's something that you can do is if businesses were to adopt homeless people as opposed to uh, vilify them, mm-hmm. they would 
they would in turn be making it more vibrant. Be, yeah. uh, so they would be able to directly do it as opposed to being like, hey, government, you do it and also pay us because of its inconvenience, yes. right? Like, which is their current position. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of to Evan's point, that middle ground is hard to get to right now because there's the divide I feel in the last few years, probably probably since like Trump Trump times, it mm-hmm. has been has be, it's grown. It's become a giant chasm, and it's yes. very difficult to then bridge that gap. Um, well, it's because yeah. I haven't taken over yet. Fair <laughs> enough. I like the confidence, and honestly, I, you remind me just in terms of like your approach your, uh, to how AOC took over New York, like j- just ground level. Like mm-hmm. she's going door to door. She's not hiring reps. Like, yep. yeah. and and I think that there to to that to that point, it actually gives me some confidence that uh, someone that isn't backed by a, a lot of money clearly could potentially still make their mark on this, and I would love to see that. Wouldn't um, that be interesting? So to date, I have spent eight thousand dollars on my campaign. Yeah, and they are the other candidates are for sure into the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, maybe Except not Brian Gray. Brian Gray is the <laughs> only one. That, yeah, Brian. Brian might not be. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like the main. Yeah, yeah, the main yeah. ones. Nichols, Sohi, Oshri, yeah. and uh, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean. Wouldn't it be awesome if you oh. could win having spent $10,000? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would love to see it, to, to see that. I'm curious, too, um, because we had actually brought this up with Brian. Were you invited to the I was to, not, to no. the KVP Capitol? Nope, no, I oh. was not invited. Okay, nope. interesting. There were only five invited, the, the sort of top. Yeah, and you're who would, one of the who only. Who they would consider to be the top five. Yeah. And who, you're, yeah. you're one of, like, they, between you and Cheryl. I mean, I don't think Cheryl was there either. She was. She was. Oh, was she? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, it's like, wouldn't you want more of a female perspective there, too? I mean, if if business is moving that direction where everybody gets an equal say, at least that's how they like to appear, well, why wouldn't they want? Not even the female mm-hmm. perspective, just for the sake of democracy. Yeah. You have 10 people who have put their names forward. All those 10 people have supporters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you are their supporter or not, those 10 people have the right to speak to their supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And should. I had people in that room who are friends of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. who are probably supporting me but i wasn't on that stage yeah that's uh wow. that's a huge problem it's one of the reasons why we actually wanted wanted to start bringing in politicians is because we noticed that there was a lot that were being left out mm-hmm. because the moneyed interest and like i think i think you kind of hinted at earlier ucp has has very much planted mm-hmm. uh, people uh, uh across the province in, in these municipal elections and then they run big capital uh, events like this mm-hmm. to make it seem like those are the only people running. Mm-hmm. So now those are the most prominent names in people's minds. And mm-hmm. um, I guess it brings me back to this David and Goliath. It's a it's a massive beast. I would love to see a see you take it take them on. It's just it seems so overwhelming. But uh, <laughs> to but, you, yeah, how do you yeah, think maybe I feel? yeah to me. But obviously, you're going in this like you seem more gung ho about it, which is excellent. <laughs> well, we have our first debate coming up on Saturday, oh, so exciting. it'll be the first time we're all in a room together, all nine of us, because yep. someone has declined. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, nine of us in the room together. So Can you say who's declined? Mike Nickel has no. Mike Nickel has oh, declined. Mike Nichol- he he won't yeah. go. To, he has declined all of them. Yeah, he declined the KVP Capital too. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I reached out to his campaign to come on the podcast mm-hmm. and I spoke to his campaign 
game manager and he's like yeah what's the name of your podcast so i was like well if you listen to it he probably won't come on the show that's what i'm thinking i'm like oh it's called the gooch right and i'm trying to talk up oh i'm a little more right wing whatever i think they listened to one episode i haven't heard back from him so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean we 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 probably have a bit of a reputation because i mean he's always been more on the right i've always been more on the left and we've we in in our first probably 15 episodes one of the things we were talking about were very much like the stereotypical sticking points from both yeah. sides of politics mm-hmm. and i think one of the things that uh for better or worse we concluded on was that whether you support business or capitalism in the way in in its ideal form the current form is not ideal no the current form is quite abusive quite mm-hmm. and so we actually bridged the gap by avoiding it entirely. We both kind of just went, well, this is messy and not helping anyone. Like, this isn't the capitalism you wanted, right? No. And you didn't want capitalism at all? No. Oh, okay. Well, then neither of us want this. Yeah. So we agree. Yeah. So, so it worked out really well. But to someone like Nickel or, or potentially just to his campaign manager, whoever's listening, yeah. That, yeah. I can see that as being potentially hostile to yeah. the moneyed interest there. So that would make sense to us. So we're not offended when that happens, but I'm kind of... I'm kind of curious. Um, is there someone that you're excited to to go toe to toe with in the debates? Is there someone that you see as a front runner that you uh, you think that would be worthwhile um, uh, challenging in no. the debates? No, not at all. No, I am there to do my best, and that's all I can do. And awesome. I'm not worried about anyone else. I'm just there to speak to the people and tell them why I am running and what I am here for, and that's it. Just sell myself. Awesome. Right on. I yeah. love yeah. that. Well, no, I think I, I wanted to get your opinion on a couple other things that we've changed. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Not there. at all. Not at all. <laughs> but I, but I do just, it all the time. Yeah, I do. We do. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was so one of the things that's changed in the last two weeks uh, here. At, well, we've done we've had two changes in the last two weeks, and they are Edmonton related. And I'm curious whether or not you support them or just your opinions on them. But we've had a change to the speed limits um, in residential zones uh, from 50 to 40. Uh, personally, I, I support it. I do see it as a tax on the people again, which is frustrating because, uh, again, business zones seem to get all the police services. Their first response is always business zones. They get all the cameras. No cameras are in school zones in mm-hmm. the province. Yeah. And the other one has been the privatization of our green bin and garbage and mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. which has been had a very messy rollout. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious on your opinion on, on both of those things, uh, more recent municipal changes. So I'm not a fan of the speed limit change only because, uh, it's not consistent. So yeah. if you're, you're going to change 40 or sorry, the speed limit to 40 in communities, then change the school zone limit up to 40 or drop them all down to 30, but keep them the same because yeah. right now, uh, you've got somebody driving through the community and they're focusing on being at 40 <laughs> and then they got to drop to 30 and then they got to go back to 40 again and then they're out on a main road and they're at 60. It's they're, they're not thinking now about, they're not automatically driving. Now they're focusing so much on their speedometer. Yeah. And I'm worried that that's actually just going to cause more confusion for people. Uh, so I'm not a fan. Again, if they had picked you know the same speed limit throughout i would have probably been a more sort of supportive of that but i like that i never even thought of that even well, just the stress of constantly checking yeah just always watching and just uh it was a it was a british um i think civil engineer who kind of looked at all the major m highways in yeah. the uk and they discovered that actually increasing speed on the highways would reduce accidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because they, they, they formulated a theory. Uh, they kind of did a joke of it on Top Gear and they, they did the math wrong and they said, oh, the proper speed would be 200 kilometers an hour. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you look at it and you say, okay, well, objectively, like, 
there's a speed that people can go that will reduce traffic mm-hmm. uh, and will get people to work quicker because I think most accidents occur when you know stress yeah. or anxiety is yeah, you know affecting definitely. the driver right mm-hmm. and in the world where you know everywhere you go you've got your phone on you and your boss is getting a hold of you and <laughs> oh you're late oh sh- okay I'm going and then you hit a 40 zone it's just that's not that's not gonna yeah I'm not going 40 if I'm late to work but wouldn't you agree too that most sales happen when people are stressed as well very so true. I think that no. one of the interesting things is that people have known for a long time that the speed limits can, can be improved like it was the late 90s when when the original studies were done mm-hmm. on speed limit increases and that that would reduce accidents um and there's never been a response to that i think that one of the reasons that i got out of law was the fact that there's, there's no tangible connection between reality and what what's mm-hmm. happened they have like legal truths but that just means that it happened in a courtroom yeah. it's not an actual truth That's right. mm-hmm. and and i think that the speed limit kind of plays into that one um but i but but on that as well i think that we've got the speed cameras uh, on on the other side of things, which I know that there's been at least one candidate who's come out and and shown the financials of them, showing them to be basically unworkable because mm-hmm. they cost about 170 grand a year to operate, and they bring in like 174 grand. <laughs> so they like they don't really make their money back. Yeah, and camera. out of curiosity, I mean, what's <laughs> kind of your opinion on that photo radar police cash cow? I'd rather see you roving radar because mm-hmm. right now we all know how to manipulate you mean the system. You'd, you'd rather you know, see cops actually driving on I the road. I would like to see them driving on the road. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, we know where the, we know where the cameras are. Yeah. They all yeah. slow down to 60 to go through that intersection. We know where all yep. the radar sits. They sit in the same spots over and over again. Send the police cruisers around find mm-hmm. those guys who are driving on the shoulder to go around the cars mm-hmm. on the hand day. Oh, find, yeah. the, find the guys who are on their phones. And when I say guys, I'm referring wow. to everybody. It is almost yeah. always okay. guys too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the ones who are on their phones, because yep. we're on our phones a lot more than we ever were yeah. before. Mm-hmm. We're taking that a lot. We're taking that for granted now. So uh, send the police out and have them roam the streets. Catch yeah. the speeders that way. Like yeah, that. you know, uh, obviously you're going to let go a few peace officers that just sit in a car all day. I don't know what they're doing in there either. You drive by them. I'm sorry. I just, I'm a little jaded. Like you get <laughs> whacked with like a $300 ticket now for going, I think, 30 over. Anything over 40, you get a court date. You know, it's just like, okay, well, did a cop actually pull me over and verify it was me driving the vehicle? You know, like, if everybody fought these tickets in court, they wouldn't exist. It's not, you can't fight them either. I fought a ticket I got last year in April, Mm -hmm. uh, driving my wife to the hospital for our daughter's birth. And, uh, uh, my court date because of COVID isn't until June of 2022. Are you serious? Yeah. So that's the and it's on my birthday mm. in 2022. Oh my god! I might not even be living in the province anymore. Yeah. Like that. Like I genuinely don't know what's happening. It's the the system is so slow here. Mm. And having come from BC, there were a few policies that I was curious what your thoughts would be. So in BC, like we, uh, I mentioned road repair. We've talked about the radar, but one of the things that that I can't get over every time I drive. It takes me 30 minutes to get to Evans. It takes me about the same to get to work. I have to take the Hende or the Yellowhead every time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hate semis. 
Semis are in all three <laughs> lanes at all freaking times. If there is a light and they're all in one lane, they all divide up yeah. to cover all three for the red light and start at 15 and go yeah. for three blocks at 15. It's the worst thing ever. All the roads, all three lanes then need to be repaired because these 40-ton trucks are driving down them. Yeah. In BC, there is a law that, that restricts semis on highways mm-hmm. to only the right lane. Yeah, And if they move out of the right lane for any reason other than passing, it's a ticketable effect. And it makes traffic so much faster outside of the right lane. And you also don't have to repair the rest of the road as frequently. But the truckers have deadlines too, Tristan. I know, but that's another tax burden that business gets off the hook with because they impose themselves on people. And And I'm curious because I feel like everywhere I go in this city... I, I genuinely think that the signage has been pretty poor. Most of the signage to like, e- even just going to the zoo, you drive into the zoo and it's my first time going to the Edmonton Zoo. Yeah. I saw six exit signs before I could find out where the zoo was. Yeah. You're just supposed <laughs> like, to know. I just, yeah. I didn't even know where the building was. There was no entrance, to... nothing. If you brought me with you, I grew up here. I would be like, the hey, entrance is over here, man. Yeah. yeah I gotta, I gotta bring, bring locals. That, that'll be how I bring a local on a date. That's well, how we find is, our way Isn't around. that the community you want though? Like a more like connected, involved, <laughs> <laughs> like just less signs is what I'm thinking might work, you know. Yeah, you got to bring your Antonian with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess I guess it's just I I find that this the the city in general or or the 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 city in particular, but the province in general tends to real, like not give as much to its citizens. Um, even just little things in terms of like crosswalks aren't controlled by pedestrians; they're mm-hmm. they're timed. That and, and that's. That's so, it's a very, very small thing, but it keeps people from wanting to walk around in those downtown vibrant communities Mm -hmm. because you're catering to cars first, you're catering to business first. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen people hostile about bike lanes. I'm kind of indifferent about Mm -hmm. that. But I think that it's just these, these added taxes on people. I think people... Even just with the recycling and garbage pickup, like I touched mm-hmm. on, yeah. it's more of us doing more work yes. and we still are paying the same amount. Yeah, yeah I noticed that as well. Now, there's no I, discount for the self-checkout. No. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer your question about the garbage bins, I don't actually have any yet. So I really? don't know if we're like Me the neither. last community, but yeah, so I haven't even been able to try it out because oh. I'm dying to try it out so that You're I can You're part of the 13,000 that got missed or something? Though? I don't know. No, I don't yeah, have I don't garbage know. cans either, man. Really? They haven't, no, they, they, yeah, no. You, you know what's so funny so, is the, the, the week I moved into my house um, in 2019 was the week that they, unro- uh, they unrolled and my community was the sample community. So yeah. I've actually never lived in Edmonton without that system. Okay. I don't know what the other system works like. So I've only ever <laughs> used the one that's all weird now for local Edmontonians. Yeah. And this is something I've been doing for now two years. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, it's work. It's not much different than what you do in BC in terms mm-hmm. of separating your recyclables, mm-hmm. putting your, your biodegradables away, whatever, right? But it's more just... It's a lot of plastic again. I have to put all my cardboard in plastic. That's so weird to me. I have to all cardboard has to go into a plastic bag. Yeah. And if your cardboard doesn't fit in a plastic bag, you have to either get a bigger plastic bag or you don't get to have the cardboard recycled. I don't I it's it's all just kind of weird and again, it's more of a burden on people. Um and and I know you you wanted to facilitate and build some business stuff. I brought this up with Brian and I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. This is just an idea that that we've kind of brainstormed a few times, but in terms of helping out small businesses, local businesses, creating a more of a community sense, potentially taking a, a small shot at the Amazons of the world, would you ever consider or even or have you ever considered uh, 
as opposed to using tax incentives, creating almost a uh, an app for business licensee holders that permits them, that that gives them access to an Alberta first marketplace. Mm. So something that would allow them to bypass the cost of having to set it all up themselves. It would also be a reduced cost because it would be municipal or yeah. or or provincial mm-hmm. depending. But but the blended cost there, the maintenance wouldn't be that high. We would be creating jobs. Mm-hmm. We could uh, potentially tap into the courier industry that's been created through Skip the Dishes and all of that. So there's, I I think that Brian had an interesting idea of the 15-minute community. He saw it very much as physical, but that's what sparked us co- our conversation on the idea of how do we shrink the community to 15 minutes but do it in a way that doesn't further burden the world. Have you Have you ever given any thought to a different approach to tax incentives in that way? I have not. This is the first time. Oh, okay. What you're suggesting is actually a good idea. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's the first time I've thought of that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it, it was just it was just something that we had discussed yeah. uh, with him and and just something that's kind of, I haven't been able to get out of my head that I, I, I mean, <laughs> well, why aren't you developing that app then? <laughs> I am very, mu- I'm very good at, at written like paper, paper and words on paper mm-hmm. and not technology. Once, once we involve technology, I am very much the, my dad was a tech geek despite being an old, like he's a boomer and he's a tech geek boomer, <laughs> which like my rebellion was like to be paper oh, and no. sports and so like, i got i can i can read i can do all those things i can uh, yeah but no i the technology side of things i am i am definitely not prepared for so uh well i well i think it's a good idea i'm not the, i'm not the man for it unfortunately <laughs> but uh but yeah i do think that uh something like that would be interesting do you have any kind of um we called it the wall so not necessarily to associate with Trump, but it was it was something that got him a lot of free publicity. Was d- discussing the wall. Do you have kind of like a this is my one big thing that I really want to get done more than anything? Um, probably solving homelessness. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That do you is... do you have an idea of how you'd want to go about that? Like just well, well again, working with private industry, yeah. having yeah. these tiny homes built. I think they call them tiny homes. Yep. Yeah. Tiny um, homes are great. Yeah. Uh, uh, straight up, I, like you go on like Facebook Marketplace. It's like this is a thing I do. I'll like bug <laughs> oh my, my wife. We'll be like, be like when we're laying in bed, I'll be like, check out this tiny home. <laughs> you know? She's like, Evan, you're six foot six. This isn't gonna work. And I'm like, I'm like, this tiny home. Like, <laughs> tiny it's, home. it's amazing. Yeah. But like, I, I think that like if if you look at this objectively, we have. Like Daryl Cates building all these massive buildings on the taxpayer dollar, you know, like Rexall and Rogers Place and the Ice District and all these other places. If the tax dollars go into it, it should be up to us how we allocate what the building does, you know. So my two cents, and I don't think... You know, the legal people would really have much to really say about it, because if you're using tax dollars to build your building, it should be that, you know, as a mayor, you could say, no, this is going to be an area we're using for homeless mm-hmm. at night. Well, you know? Put them in the casino. <laughs> what do, you, what, like, whole, do you think that would be possible, Tristan? Like to use yeah, the well, former Rexall that's connected to the LRT, it would give these guys the ability to transport. a whole bunch of liability issues. But true. A, the, like the... The one thing I've always found interesting and and I continue to find interesting is that um, business will always will always look at a situation like the one you're proposing and go, well, what's my return on investment? And uh, and uh, 
and and yet government has never has never done that before they've never actually looked into uh, looked at business in that same respect before and i think that it's tough if 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 government were to do the same treat business with the same same kind of approach as business treats government for example we've talked about why why are we having bailouts and not just a and not just an investment, right? Like when we buy, when, when we're spending all this money on a company, why are we going, hey, all of those same morons that ran this place into the ground, we want all of you. Like we want all of you to stay and we just want to give you the money to keep you guys on the same wrong path you were on that led you to this terrible, terrible position. Well, that's, that's and exactly that's, the issue that I have with all these bailouts. Well, that, yeah, but that's what I know? mean is like, uh, so kind of on your point there, if government were to make it contingent, so like I don't, I don't have... A, a massive problem with using tax incentives to spur business to get to get people to want to stay here to make Edmonton's downtown core vibrant. Mm-hmm. I think all of those things are lawy goals. I think that at the end of the day, what we have to look at is how we structure those those deals. And I think that might be a, an interesting potential avenue is is if they are going to be getting tax breaks that that the to put a quantitative value on it and go okay well the value of that is now owned by us yeah and we have you know some sort of in lieu of shares we have some sort of access to the infrastructure we helped uh create i think hotels would be one of the biggest ones because they're a pretty heavily subsidized industry their their buildings are uh, often not taxed to the same degree as would be you know, another building of 350 residences, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that there's ways of going about it. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the homelessness, how would you deal with the, because I can see businesses, especially for, for people who aren't necessarily um, bogged down by substances, that they would be willing to give a chance to a guy and, you know, here's his story. Mm-hmm. But I would I would argue that I think a lot of the homelessness, especially in Canada, is incredibly substance mm-hmm. uh, yes. uh, related. And do you do you know how you want to approach that and, and the whole mental health issues around those, that? Well, before they're employable, they have to have help. So yeah. we we wouldn't be reaching out to companies to ask them to take on someone unless that person had been rehabilitated to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So were were you hoping that like new private industries would would jump up were you hope or were you thinking that um as mayor you would be uh taking some of the budget and allocating it and basically usurping it under government control like what what would your approach be on that one well we have to put more funding towards social services so that obviously comes from us private funding will be more um or private industry, my expectations will be more like, will you employ someone? Or do okay. you have uh, a budget where you can contribute to buying one or two tiny homes or whatever? And you can promote that out all over the place. Lots of private industry would be able to say, look at us. We, you know, we built four tiny homes for four, you know, for our city of Edmonton, things like yeah. that. So, um, just doing their part, but I won't ask them for money. No, no. I like the marketing side of things because marketing is expensive. Getting mm-hmm. getting views, getting clicks is something that companies always spend time mm-hmm. on, and so having that mm-hmm. that uh, very um, flowery, nice stories to to put on on your front page when you know. Epcor right next to the duck covered in oil. We built 20 tiny yeah. homes, right? So like I it, it would be it would definitely benefit uh the the social image of a lot of them. The one thing oh, that yeah. I I struggle with though is everybody kind of points the finger at addiction. 
And I think just the way the world's going now, most people do drugs. Most people smoke weed or party with the boys or drink, which mm-hmm. drinking is a drug. No. So is caffeine if you want to get legitical, yeah. you know, nicotine smoking. And, Sugar you know, is a drug. It, it, it always kind of baffles me that the first thing that people want to do is get these people off drugs. When the funny thing is, most people that you know hold jobs actually do drugs now. But it's a different, you know? it's a different type of, no, of music. I, I, I understand. It's a different reason. Yeah, I understand. It's a different reason, but you know, it's it, it, you can't be all holier than thou and say, oh, you can't do anything when you know on the weekend, you know, you're, you're out with your friends and you're drinking and you're you know you smoke weed before you go to bed or whatever your habits are. You know, I, I think it comes from really a systemic issue with just someone not, you know, contributing in society in the way that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, if we tackled this and just gave them the basics, like a place to live and maybe a UBI of some sort, a very low accountability, mm-hmm. it would just allow people to kind of get that foothold. I don't think... You know, what's your opinion on that? Like, are you going more the way of the safe injection site, and oh, you gotta you gotta find your soul before you can get a job, or is this more of a a freedom kind of question of you just need the opportunity? You know what I mean? It's a combination of all of it, mm-hmm. um, because it's not a one service fits all. I mean, everybody's sure. different. But I, one thing you mentioned, one of you mentioned about, you know, using the old Rexall or whatever, and yeah. housing homeless there. I don't want to build another shelter. For sure. They need their own individual space. They have to have a door with a lock on it where Fair. they can leave their belongings, whatever yeah. they do own, and, and walk away uh, from, because I know homeless people, they have stuff stolen from them in the middle of the night. They mm-hmm. avoid yeah. the shelters. It's why they build camps oh, in, in ravines. because they're theft and assault. It's yeah. fights, nonstop and their belongings being stolen. So um, they need their own little place to live. And mm-hmm. we do need safe injection sh- sites to come back. Yeah. We need, um, it takes a community. It, it takes, it does, it's going to, yeah. it's going to involve a multitude of factors. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I just, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it takes the community. I just think that, you know, in a lot of ways, the communities that you're going to be approaching aren't going to want to help you. You know, even even if you become mayor, I, I don't think that the wealthy business owner or, you know, the downtown guy that had Daryl Cates in his pocket or, you know, who, whoever was Mandel, whoever was mayor before carving up the city, you know, you, you come to them and say, OK, rather than giving you another tax cut, you have to hire these guys that didn't really work for the last three years. I don't imagine that's going to be popular. And what I, what I see happening is. They are basically in charge of the biggest marketing canon ever created. I mean, we've gone from marketing that was guess and check, like back in the 60s, Mad Men style. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want to be like Don Draper? Well, frankly, no one's Don Draper. Everyone's Pete Campbell. <laughs> like, so that, that, There's problem number one. Everybody thinks, everybody wants to be that guy. Reality is far, far from it. But now we've got to the point where marketing, you know, they're, they're watching your heart rate. They're watching where your eyes look. They're building algorithms with artificial intelligence to understand how you think, when you think, what you look up. And it all comes into that marketing right and i i don't see that these guys owning all that data and have the ability to tap into it with their wealth you know they can target a a rather large audience to say no this isn't what we want to do fuck the homeless kind of whereas you're doing the right thing 
in saying, no, you guys should be responsible for a bit of this, you know, however you want to go about it. Uh, how would you kind of want to set yourself up so that maybe that wouldn't happen? You know, like you don't want to become an enemy is what I'm saying right. overnight. No, no, for sure. Um, I think we're at a critical point in humanity where mm. we've seen leaders who've been voted in like Trump and Ford and, you know, Ontario um, or Toronto. Like we see what is happening with some of these leaders who are coming forward. We've got a mayoral candidate ourselves who could win this election, who would take our city in a completely different direction. So mm. I think we have this opportunity especially with someone like me to go back to our humanity a little or mm -hmm. maintain it and um hopefully uh project it out a little bit more and grow and become a kinder society or we can go in the opposite direction which you said which is a little more ai and a little more mechanical but then we will definitely have companies saying this is not my problem mm -hmm. we will build a fortress around our community and our building and it's you know us against you and that's the issue like everybody i've talked to politically on the right mm -hmm. uh wants Wexit to happen, mm -hmm. wants to leave Canada, wants to become American. That's I want so none fringe. of those things. I like, want none of those fucking things whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, it, it, nobody it, wants I, to be American. No, anybody. But I can understand wanting to be a wealthy American. <laughs> but the problem yeah. is, is that most Americans Aren't. suffer significantly worse than a we Navy do. Like, SEAL makes less than sixty thousand dollars a year. Most Let most that sink most in. former Navy <laughs> SEALs are homeless in Oregon right yeah. now. And that's, so like the the way that the United States treats its veterans and all that is I well, mean, what it's horrible, they define but, as heroes, you know, and it's yeah. just. Uh, beside the point, I think like you, you've established the fact you want to end homelessness. Uh, my my next question to you is like the Edmonton family, like uh, a lot of a lot of new families are millennials like us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we've got a job that sucks. We got yeah. you know less social support than ever. Whatever you want to say, but like, what are you going to do for the the middle class family in Edmonton? Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, very, uh, very open. Yeah. Yeah, like what? What's, well, there's what's, sports and recreation was one of the things I saw on your yeah. platform. Yeah, there. for sure, making things you know f affordable for families. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, what's a trip to the zoo cost these days? It's got to be over a hundred dollars. Oh, no, my my daughter's under two, so she doesn't. Oh, okay. uh, so she doesn't get charged. But it was like twenty five bucks a pop or so. so yeah, something like that. So, and then yeah. food, and then yeah. the yeah. inevitable visit to the um, the gift souvenir shop. shop. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I want the yeah. giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, there's no parking uh, fees because yeah. Yeah. had that happened, well, I don't know good. what that would have done to our city. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, trying to keep things affordable mm -hmm. so that families can go out and do things. My kids are now <laughs> 11 and 14, so they're a little bit older than that. But even I find if you want to plan events in the summer in Edmonton, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I know there are city uh, passes where you can buy um well there used to be i don't know if they are anymore but you could buy a pass and it would get you into some city attractions it was a little bit more affordable yeah, it was like than, the, the uh, it was like the the, the mud heart and then yeah. i think fort edmonton yeah. and uh there's one other place i think the devonian yeah. gardens if you mm -hmm. got a pass you get into all yeah. of them 
But yeah. we've had like our swimming pool in the West End, Jasper Place, that's been closed. I think it's just open, but it was closed for years and then COVID hit. Yeah. So that was a facility that no one on the West End could use. Mm -hmm. uh, the Fort Edmonton Park was closed for a long time for renovations yep. and then COVID hit. So yeah. there's been a lot of Edmonton attractions right now that we've not even been able to go to. So, yeah. you know, I imagine families feel a little bit disconnected from the city right now, too. Yeah. And to kind of tie this to families, uh, I, I just want to ask, I mean, this is a huge issue with a lot of candidates now, a lot of families now. What's your opinion of this uh, vaccination? Like, are you a oh. mandatory vaxxer? <laughs> you think everybody should be vaccinated? Because you, as the mayor, have a lot of control over that. Like, are, are you going to be pushing people to get vaccinated? Are you going to let this laissez-faire approach continue? No, I'm pro-vaccine. I think you should be vaccinated. I think it is your duty as a citizen. Mm -hmm. I understand there are people who can't be, and I yeah, have for sure. full respect yeah. for that. Um, but no, you need to protect uh, your fellow citizens and, and get vaccinated for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. and I completely and, and agree I'm, with that. And I'm, on, you know, I'm a big fan of what they've done in France, where it's like, Here's the line. You want to go eat and drink outside? <laughs> Fuck you. You, you must you, be vaccinated. If you choose <laughs> not to be vaccinated, then yeah. there are certain consequences. You can't just live your life as you always have. Yeah. Yeah. You've made a decision and that's fine. We support your decision. It just means you now can't work as a nurse mm -hmm. if you are uh, unvaccinated. Yeah. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go to movie theaters and you can't travel. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, for some of these people, it's just it's not a fear i mean for some there's a legitimate like they are terrified i just think there's but, people that if you tell them to do anything they always want to challenge and it. that and that's and that's why i feel quite strongly about it because there are just some people who are just saying yeah. i don't want to be told what to do mm -hmm. so i'm going to tell you no well okay <laughs> but there are going to be some consequences for that yeah, yeah. well and i yeah. think that i think one of the reasons why i've been pretty pessimistic and 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 even hostile to a lot of uh the government action that we've seen is because and anytime i hear somebody saying like support the front line i, I always have like mm -hmm. red flags popping up because as a manager in a retail setting in the last two years We've had zero support. Mm -hmm. We've had none. Yeah. Co cops are getting paid to go to Walmart and Costco and the small mom and pop shops that <clears throat> we cater to people that are outside the Edmonton zone when mm -hmm. they didn't have mass mandates and they come in and threaten us. And then the Edmonton city has the audacity to print bullshit illegal cards that are trying to claim charter yes. regulations when it's not even the charter, it's human rights violations. Mm -hmm. And even that is a fucking stretch. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it seems like there's there's just a lot of power on the right side of the messaging machine right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't, I just, I'm, I have more confidence in you than I did in anyone that I'm reading now, just in having conversations uh, because we've thrown quite a few pessimistic questions at you. Well, and very, you yeah, we you, have to be easy on you. And you've you are, done very well. You've done yes. very well. <laughs> when we also asked probably more direct questions, it's not a, it's not a very, you know, let's say politically correct question to go. So where do you stand on vaccinations? <laughs> so, but, but having said that, it, it's, it's something that we know, as voters were interested in the last voter turnout was just under 32 percent, mm -hmm. which is absolutely garbage so it's <laughs> yeah. like for people who are looking at polling by the way um mm -hmm. it you're you're what you're getting is a very fractured image i think that one of the things that someone like yourself can do who wants to be on the ground level is you have 70 percent of the pool that's available to you that's mm -hmm. never that doesn't even care right now because mm -hmm. they feel so unrepresented they yes. don't even want to go anywhere yeah, that's right or so overworked or mm -hmm. they just yeah because you know we don't like I can't go out in the evenings because my daughter's asleep and I don't mm -hmm. know anybody to babysit. Yeah. Like that that's that's the life I live. And yes. 
I don't trust that I could know anyone to babysit. And then if I go to apply to hire someone, Mm -hmm. unless they overtly state that they've been vaccinated, if I were to ask them in an Mm -hmm. interview, then they would, I've already seen a few people in Alberta suing people over that question. Right. So I, I think that there's a massive tax on, on the people like evidence said, the the millennials who have families like yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a millennial. I don't need to ask that question, but I'm I'm 46. I'm not a millennial. Fair enough. But, but a young parent regardless. Right. And so you've got children and, and so you're, you're going to be more, um, aware of the cost of Mm -hmm. living life, let's say, right. Mm -hmm. Like living life as a family in Edmonton and it is incredibly burdensome. And I'm a single mom. So, I mean, I have, I mean, they have a father. He's he's wonderful. He's very active in their life, but I do have them 50% of the time. I carry that financial burden myself and I know what it's like to live that life and that's wow. that's that speaks volumes that yeah. speaks more yeah. than anything else you can ever read online yeah. is just the fact that you've been alongside us in the trenches mm-hmm. i feel like and that's one of the things that as i look out to the people who are applying i don't see that with the other people uh or at least i won't go carte blanche but uh in not having a conversation with them how they're presented and how they present themselves mm-hmm. does not come across as people who care about families they mm-hmm. all are talking about business first they're all and and to be honest that was why i kind of started with business with you because your first two points on your platform <laughs> were business related yes. and so i wanted to make sure that when i read your background i was like there's no way that she's the gung-ho pure business ty- <laughs> no. tycoon because i'm like it's constant volunteering like mm-hmm. you're the amount of charities you've worked with was was pretty amazing and then also teaching business classes i'm like i would have loved to just be on a fly on the wall in there because <laughs> yeah. i don't know that i've had a business class from somebody who actually cared about people before so so it's it's, it, it's and it's unfortunate it yeah. really is but um i kind of just want to give you a little bit of a soapbox to to because i think we got to probably wrap it up relatively soon here <laughs> yeah. for adam so I would love to have you kind of just give us your ideal Edmonton. I know that's a pretty loaded question. Yeah, let's let's say you get elected and it's yes. been a couple years. Yep. What 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 do you want done? Well, I hope that we have made progress with homelessness for sure. We've cleaned up some of the um, drug use and the crime that's going on by helping some of the homeless. Communities are feeling, or sorry, uh, residents are feeling more connected to their communities for sure we've got businesses now who are seeing that they play a role in actively helping to build edmonton that it's not just public versus private that we all work as one and uh hopefully we see a brand new (laughs) provincial leader who (laughs) is a little more uh family friendly and not quite as in it for themselves um I just and a, and a more peaceful city too. We are becoming very divided. This right versus left, or this uh, diversity issue that's going mm. on. I want to try to you know bring us back together again. Well, you came on the right podcast. For yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think just reminding Edmontonians that. I am doing this because I saw there was a need for a different type of leader to step up. And I am that person. I feel, you know, if I could just be a little bit overconfident for a second, I feel like I'm offering a gift to Edmontonians. I have an excellent education and I have, uh, you know, I have a master's degree in leadership. Um, I have an excellent work ethic. I've got great experience from previous jobs. I've done everything I've taught. I've... I've done it all. Yeah. I'm in hospice now, so healthcare. 
Um, and I'm a community volunteer. I'm passionate about helping people. So I am this unique person that I don't know that we've seen ever come forward before in politics. Yeah. And um, if you guys say no in the end, if 30% of Edmonton says no, you're not for us, I, I will never go back into this again. Fair <laughs> enough, I fair will enough. walk away forever and say, oh, all right, then. I don't know. I, I don't know that. Well. I hope that you don't do that. And I hope that you don't do that for the one reason. And that's that marketing giant, because I don't <laughs> know that they would have they, that they're rejecting you. I think they might just not know yet. For because sure. yeah. I think that one of the things that has become pretty clear in the last hour is just how dedicated you are because you and you keep saying like i i i didn't i didn't hear it as overconfident i think it is a gift i think it would be a gift to have somebody who's in it not to better like to pad the pockets of their friends and themselves and that's one of the things that we've been hoping for paula like money out of politics is a huge thing Mm -hmm. and one of the i think that the common fear that both evan and i have brought up in our questioning has always been well we're going against a marketing giant. Mm-hmm. We're going against a giant uh, money and interest. You're going against corporate interest. You don't care about people. But that also kind of shows our current state of mind and mm-hmm. our pessimism towards yeah. business. So it would be interesting if business were to actually adopt. If you mm-hmm. if you are right, and I'll give like if you're right, and some businesses are willing to do that adoption, mm-hmm. it would probably take some of our skepticism away, mm-hmm. and yeah. it would be interesting to see that shift. I'm I'm very open to having that shift and being more pro business but it's just in the current status quo it has been almost impossible Mm -hmm. to to like it especially as you've mentioned with the the head of the province right now and just being so overtly not i can't even say pro-business he's anti-people right like he's he's (laughs) anti the people's goals on every turn every everything he's gone for has been against the people the environment and the betterment of the communities Mm -hmm. that around him like it's it's astonishing how he's manages to keep keep doing that in the worst possible way i didn't think anyone was ever going to take the title from ford to be honest i thought even ford taking oh, yeah. the title from ford before him was a hard yeah. one but yeah it, it, like, i mean man, the, the bar keeps getting it. lower but these guys yeah. are really 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 good at somehow shimmying underneath it but uh yeah i mean i think it's been fantastic hearing uh hearing your position on all of that i i think that I, I can speak for us when I say we, we wish you the best of luck. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I uh, I think I second Tristan with if you don't get in this time, don't give up. Yeah, don't give because up. Because here's the thing. I mean, it, it you're going to establish a following. I mean, mm-hmm. even even from the listeners on this podcast, you know, there might be two or three people, but all it takes is. We have better than that, but yeah. There might be two or three that jump on as a poet. But, but you know, that's the thing. I mean, you, you get that following and you, you got to cultivate it too, right? I mean, you are against a massive uh, marketing machine. You know, yeah. and that's that's just life. It, 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 they, uh, we're the modern day journalists mm-hmm. doing this podcast. Yes. I yeah. mean, well, like the fourth estates disappeared unless it's mm-hmm. profitable. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I, I feel like that's a huge issue in society. And I think it's people like you that kind of stand up and say, "No, we got to kind of focus on a little bit of business and a little bit of mm-hmm. you know the people." And I, yeah, I, I say stick with it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll mirror Tristan there and wishing you the best of luck. And Thank you. Is yeah. there any kind of closing 
uh, statement you have to the the voters of Edmonton before we uh, we sign off here? No, I always remind people that if there uh, is someone listening right now that has an idea or wants to reach out to me, my phone number is out there. Contact me and let's have she, a conversation. Yeah, so. and, and she, she will pick up. And I will pick up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, and she'll handle difficult questions live without <laughs> yes. any prep as well. Uh, so well, yeah, know, I, 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 that's why I do this podcast because you know it's, it's not like NBC or CBC <laughs> where they're asking the same question you know thirty different ways. Yeah. Like, what do you feel about immigration? It's like we build a wall. Oh, what do you feel <laughs> about the wall? It's going to be beautiful and huge. It's oh like okay, God. well, like what what's it going to do? It's going to be nice, made of metal, maybe a little concrete. It's like well, we're not we're not talking about the issues. Like what do you actually think here? And, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we could cut through a lot of the bullshit mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, it it really you. means a lot. That's a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you for joining us this lovely Friday. Enjoy the weekend. And, and remember, don't let the moneyed interest control it. Look into all of the candidates that are coming on here. Do your and research. if you're in Edmonton on Saturday, we've got that debate. So tune into that tune as well. Tune on in. Absolutely. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you.